You are listening to the Compliance Conversations podcast by Healthicity. If you work in the healthcare industry, you know how crucial compliance is to your bottom line, your reputation, and the success of your organization as a whole. If this is your first time listening, welcome. A transcript of every Compliance Conversations episode can be found at www.healthicity.com resources, along with a ton of other thought leadership materials. You can add us to your RSS feed and iTunes, or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Compliance Conversations. I'm CJ Wolf with Healthicity, our sponsor and host, uh, and we have guest today, Sandy Guillen Greco Brown. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you. Thanks for having me, CJ. Yeah, we're so I'm so excited to have you on. Um, and you're all everyone that's listening, you're all going to learn uh, what an expert Sandy is when it comes to uh, things in compliance and particularly coding and, and those sorts of things. She has a great uh, background and experience. And so we're excited to have you. Um, Sandy, we'd like to uh, offer our guests just a moment at the beginning, just to tell us a little bit about yourself uh, professionally, you know, where do you come from? What have you done? What are you doing? Those sorts of things. Great. Yes. Um, and it's always so odd when we have to talk about ourselves, right? I but, know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's kind of fun too, um, because I think about where I started and where I came from. And hopefully this might be encouraging to others because I definitely did not take a traditional path. I, um, I, I knew very on, very early on in my high school days, even that I wanted to be in healthcare. And so I actually took a CNA class in my um, high school program. So I, when I graduated, I actually was a CNA and was working and such and loved that side. Um, yes. So I, I actually started out as a CNA and um, then I, I knew I wanted to get into further into healthcare and continue my education, but I also didn't think like the nursing was completely for me. Sure. So I um, went back and got my um, EMT and actually uh, worked for many years as um, both a volunteer and then a paid EMT firefighter and um, did it for uh, about 10 years in um in Nebraska, which was wow. so fun. And I met so many incredible people and just had some good and some bad experiences, but definitely sure. some life lessons. And <laughs> yeah, and then I um, really, I think I've had a, probably a balance or a pretty close balance of working in the hospital and working in a physician practice. And Probably the last 15 years or so, I've been more on the consulting side where I try to help folks um, be able to identify issues and be able to, um, you know, know uh, or have an audit done and then education and education is definitely where um, my passion is. And I love to be able to share the information that along the last 34 years, I've been able to, um, you know, gain that information and and to just be able to share it with everyone. So kind yeah. of a diverse background, but yeah. yes. And you were saying that, you know, I was thinking, you know, no one really kind of comes from a, a very, I don't even know what the traditional path is to <laughs> what we do, right? It's like, 
you, you grow up as a kid and you're like, I want to be a, well, maybe in your case, a firefighter <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, or a policeman or whatever uh, astronaut um, who wants to grow up and be compliance and coding. And <laughs> no one knows about that. So it's kind of funny how we all end up in the space, but some of the things you mentioned make me think, yeah, I, I understand you like to educate. I love to mm-hmm. educate. You. And, and so I could, I could see why that, that kind of skill and passion is definitely draws those type of people uh, into these fields. So uh, tell us Sandy too, a little bit about, I, I, you know, your coding, like any certifications and those sorts of things that you have too. Yes. Um, and I am really in the mindset um, of the lifelong learner. So um, as I progressed through my career, you know, I kind of had to take a, a my education at least took a back seat while I was kind of raising some children. And then because I think I may be a little insane, I decided to go back to school when I had three children. The youngest oh was right six months old. And oh here I goodness. am. Yeah, I'm working full time, but let's go back to school. Sure, why not? Um, <laughs> and that's really where I learned about health information management because I went to a small college, uh, a community college college in Nebraska that um, had just started this program. And it was an incredible program because they had um, satellite sites, which at that time, that was just unheard of. Um, right. We barely had internet. <laughs> so exactly right. Um, it was crazy. Yeah. Like I had to use my boss's email address to send my instructor an email, which was just mind blowing <laughs> to me. Um, and you think back and you're like, Oh, my word. Um, We were really uh, behind the times. But um, at at that time, that's the way it was. So I um, finished my associate's degree in HIM and then just really began kind of collecting and furthering my education. And now I have, I think, about 10 certifications, um, you know, both on the physician side and on the hospital side, especially on the outpatient. That's really where I focus. I I, uh, don't do the inpatient anymore. I just decided, you know, it was too much to try to do it all. Exactly, exactly. And then a few years ago, I decided to get really adventurous and finished my bachelor's in healthcare business administration, took a year off. I think I got bored. And then I said, oh, I might as well just get my master's, which if people knew me, they would just know that was never anything I would have (laughs) aspired to do. It just, I don't know why it just, I was like, well, I did the bachelor's, like I can do the master's. And yeah, so I went through, um, uh, CSU Global, which they have incredible programs and such. And I'm just, you know, they were kind of um, before the pandemic and before everything and exactly. everyone yeah, had to pivot and go online. They were already online, which when we travel and so forth, it worked perfectly for me to be able to go to school and still be able to travel with work and do my work and do my classes in the evening and, um, you know, post on the discussion boards, write my papers on the weekends and such. So I graduated with my master's in healthcare business administration with an emphasis in population health um, a year ago this past December. So. Wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yes. 
That is so great. And and I, I wanted to ask some of those probing questions because I think it's going to play in a little bit into what we want to talk about today, which yes. is kind of, you know, coder education, um, you know, furthering education, lifelong learning, um, you know, resources and programs and, and, and those sorts of things. Um, you know, and, and we and our listeners, it's a mixed, right? We have a lot of compliance officers, uh, compliance professionals, but also we got we have auditing folks and coding, medical mm-hmm. billing, and that sort of thing. You know, what would you say to those folks that maybe are just beginning? Um, you know, and they're, you, you know, you've had the luxury, you have the luxury now of looking back and saying this was my path. But I, you probably didn't plan out that path <laughs> step by step. It's more of a journey, right? I mean, what would you say to somebody who's just beginning that wants to get into this? What kind of advice would you give them? Absolutely. And and you're so right, um, CJ. It just was never in my dreams. And I tell people that sometimes when I do presentations, I'm like, never in all of my years would I have thought I would be standing here doing a presentation or that I would be here with you all today, that just was the furthest from my mind. And that's where I think that we want to be able to aspire and set goals and think about what do we want to do? Once I discovered the whole um, passion that you can get and just the endorphins, I think that you get from standing up in front of a group of people and sharing the information and that energy that you walk away with, I was hooked. And so Folks just getting into it, I would say, you know, learn all you can. And I I tell my students, I know both of us teach for the AAPC. And, um, you know, I tell my students, soak everything up. Um, soak up like a sponge, just really try to absorb anything that you can. And it's even things like the workflow in the clinic or the process that, you know, claims have to go through or anything like that. Soak it all in because it truly is helpful when you're trying to think about getting claims out the door and you're trying to think about clean claims and you're wanting to code or you're wanting to audit. And then thinking about some of the educational opportunities. Um, you know, I know I've had students in the past or I've done presentations where folks have kind of gotten into coding. Maybe they got in through billing coding. They were like me that I worked at the hospital and they handed me the coding book and said, we'll send <laughs> right, you right. to some classes when, when they come around. That's literally... You know, I had to drive to Wyoming to go to my first class. So (laughs) that kind of shows you the remoteness of where I lived and and so forth. So I, I share that because I tried to be a little sponge and tried to really soak it all in. And I I think that that has served me well, not that I've had a perfect career or that I had this plan that, you know, miraculously um, morphed. I've had to work hard like we all do, and I've had to learn and I've had to learn things like good communication skills too, being able to talk with providers and have conversations with them in a respectful manner and um, thinking about how 
how are these changes going to impact them or how, um, you know, what could be going on in their life, um, those sorts of things. But definitely thinking about if you have taken maybe a route of just getting the CPC and not that that, not that I'm discrediting, discrediting that, but Along the way, and as our guidelines have changed, we definitely have noticed some opportunity um, for folks to learn more about anatomy and physiology if you didn't ever take that class um, right. in college. Um, we're learning about disease processes. That was one of my very favorite classes. Um, yes. In in college to learn more about it and think about the medications and so forth. And that's really, I, I could go on and on, but that is really, um, you know, where you can think about what classes could further me and where are my weaknesses? I think many of us included my, including myself, I try to think about where my positives are, right. And where my strengths sure. are. But I really need to focus on where am I weak and where do I need to think about, um, you know, really firming up my knowledge and expanding my knowledge. Yeah, those are all points. And I loved what you were saying um, when you were talking about, you know, speaking to providers and trying to think from their perspective, what's going on in their, you know, work life and those sorts of things. And what came to my mind was really what you were saying is it's like customer service orientation, right? Like, encoding in, in this stuff it shouldn't be a battle you should realize that whoever you're trying to help they're your customer so to speak and and you want to make their life easier right? yes yes absolutely and i know one of my friends kim huey um you know if she's talking to a provider and they seem to be a little challenging and such one of my favorite phrases that she shares is that she will reach out to them and say help me understand this you know because then you get their perspective on what they're trying to do or right. you're getting their perspective of what their challenges are maybe they're having to stay late every night um they're missing you know time with their kids time with their family, all of those sorts of things to try to get their documentation done, or they're, you know, struggling in different ways. So that really helps us humanize this. And remember that we're all in this together right. and we're all on the same team. And I know sometimes it can be frustrating. And I've had those challenging providers where I was like, oh my word, but <laughs> the more we can be really calm and really seeking that information, I've really found it to be so beneficial. And you can even establish relationships where I never thought that this particular provider and I would see eye to eye. And what do you know, they came around. So right. it's, it's wonderful when you can see those things transpiring as well. Yeah. And you know, I that when you were talking, it reminded me of an experience I had many years ago, where I was um, trying to provide some coding education to a provider. Uh, he was an internist um, after I had done like a, you know, standard type of regular audit type of thing. Mm -hmm. And we got into talking and he, yeah, he had some of those frustrations that you just mentioned, like, man, this documentation just takes me so long. And you know, that's why I don't do this and this that you're asking me to do. And, and so as I just sat and listened, I said, well, and this was kind of before the day, 
of really sophisticated EMRs, but mm-hmm. this provider did have like a, a kind of a rudimentary EMR. I said, well, tell me about the th- three or four types of patients that make up 80% of your day. And he, he then went through and he said, yeah, well, I'm, a, I, I'm, you know, I see diabetics and they have this, this, and this, I see uh, this condition with thyroid. I see this, this, and this. And so it's like, okay, so those three or four patient types that you just described to me, that represents like 80% of your workload. Mm-hmm. You're out what templates we can use, what, um, you, you know, uh, text that we, you know, smart text that we could put in so that we make the flow of your documentation easier. Um, yes. You know, and we we did it in a way that, you know, we weren't trying to gain the system and, you know, and just, you know, boost up the volume of documentation. We, we were doing it in a compliant and, and, and healthy way, but mm-hmm. it really made a difference to him. And uh, that provider, like I was with that organization for, I don't know, like seven or eight years. And that was early on. And, and by the end, that provider was always calling me and asking me questions about, well, how do I do this? Well, how do I do that with the coding? How do I do this? So it had shifted from like a relationship where I had done an audit and had to go out and, you know, supposedly teach the doctor or something <laughs> to one of, we kind of came to a mutual understanding of what the problems were. I sincerely tried to help him. It seemed to help him with his documentation. And then there was this relationship of trust. And then it, it just, now you've won somebody over. And, yes. and now they're coming to you instead of you feeling like you have to go to them. Exactly, exactly. And I know we had a very uh, kind of a similar situation recently too, CJ, um, where we went to meet with a provider and her score was not good. And so we were kind of also trying to seek to understand, you know, as to what were some challenges, what was going on with her. And immediately she was on the defense and she was tearful. And I mean, I felt horrible. In fact, I just said, let's just go ahead and call this and we'll reconvene. And so we talked with leadership a little bit and so forth. And then um, late one Friday afternoon, because that's what time worked for her, I got on the call with um, one of her leaders and herself. And in the manner that we approached it, it was, you know, a little bit more laid back. I introduced right. myself again and um, I just came about it and and I explained, you know, why we were doing these and that we were here to help them to identify any potential exactly. issues and to, to get that baseline. And I tell you what, her attitude completely changed. And in fact, right. I said, oh, you know, this won't even take half an hour. We were on, it was over an hour. And I just kept thinking, okay, I've got to wrap this up because exactly. I've got <laughs> I've got other things to do too. But it was so awesome. And now I refer to her as like, she is almost the golden child because she right. got it. She listened to us that second time that we talked to her. And she is like our our champion now that we want her to even do some of the training and so forth because she just changed and it was it was just incredible to me to see the transformation with her yeah that's so awesome sandy uh this is great i'm gonna we're at a point where i'm gonna just have us take a short little break and we'll um be back in a few moments in a few moments folks 
If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you need content to help advance your career in compliance. You need great information and CEUs to keep your certifications. We're here to help. Healthicity offers webinars on tons of topics designed to inform and educate while keeping it interesting. And most of our webinars will earn you 1.2 CEUs. We know you're busy. That's why our webinars work with your schedule. You can attend live or watch on demand. Grab a cup of coffee, a snack, whatever you need. Settle in and check out all our webinars at healthicity.com resources. Now let's hear the rest of this episode of Compliance Conversations. Welcome back, everybody, from the break. Um, again, I'm CJ Wolf. I'm here with uh, Sandy Gian Greco Brown, and we've been talking about uh, coding, uh, you know, careers, and um, you know, some experiences we've had with providers and, and those sorts of things, and kind of combining this this coding world and, and career and improvement and education. Um, and Sandy, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, what kind of programs or resources are out there for, for people who are wanting to, you know, even if they're at the beginning, middle or late in their career, what kinds of things are you aware of that might help people, you know, do this continual learning that we've been talking about? Absolutely. Um, I think there's always opportunity. Um, and one thing that I have really heard, you know, and um, noted, I think in the past couple of years too, is getting yourself a mentor. So that's some, something too, that I would mention also CJ, that can be incredibly helpful, you know, have someone, it doesn't have to be someone that you work with. It could be someone in the industry, um, that, you know, um, maybe they do what you want to aspire to do someday. So, you know, you can talk with them about, okay, this is, this is how you could potentially get there. And here's some of the steps you could take and um, uh, go along the way. And sometimes you might need to further your education. Um, if you want to get into a, a managerial position and so forth, um, it, like it or not, at this you know point, most facilities and most places are going to ask that you have a bachelor's or a master's or, or something of that um, kind of equitable or the equity. Um, right. And I would say there are many programs out there that would be very valuable and you get things out of them that you wouldn't anticipate, such as communication and being able to communicate with people, especially if you don't necessarily agree with their opinion. Exactly. Um, yeah, I I cannot tell you how many times I had to post on someone else's discussion board, and it wasn't just like a a. Facebook posts that you would do. It had to be very intentional. It had to be very thoughtful. And we had to, of course, have resources cited in the post, but we also had to be respectful. And there were times that I absolutely <laughs> did not agree with the, the perspective of the fellow student, but that was an opportunity for me to think about, okay, how can I, you know, politically correct and politely approach this and just say, I actually have a differing opinion and here's how and why. Um, and, you know, because we all come from different backgrounds. So there's that opportunity and that I feel like really 
helped me grow as a professional and in my my ability to to handle conflict and such. There's also programs, you know, a lot of your two year um, uh, community colleges and so forth um, that you may have right in your neighborhood could potentially have a nursing program or they have an HIM program. And if that is something that interests you, like I was referring to the disease process um, class, the anatomy and physiology, you can take a lot of those and talk about reasonable tuition. Um, it's right. going to be very um, cost effective and um, beneficial to you because I, I we cash flowed my master's and and even the end of my bachelor's so that it wasn't that burden you know we didn't want to have that burden either financially so i always try to encourage folks to you know see what kind of scholarships or grants you can get as well see also if your employer has tuition reimbursement exactly yes and i know for a while part of my degree that's i think why it took me so long on my bachelor's was i was working at a place that offered tuition reimbursement, but I could only have like two classes or three classes a year, you know, due to the cost. So I just spread it out and I was able to do that. But then it isn't as cost prohibitive. Um, So just be, you know, creative with that. Talk to the admissions folks about that. And I know I'm even, I talk about being a lifelong learner. I'm looking at, um, I saw Yesterday, I think someone posted on LinkedIn about a telehealth certification that you can get um, that you basically just add on to your master's. So I'm yeah, and I'll send anybody who wants the information. They may fill up their program, right? Um, (laughs) Incredibly affordable. I'm talking one hundred and fifty dollars for the whole program. And it's like five five um, weeks and three classes or something. I can't remember. Um, But I was astonished at this. And I'm thinking, well, this would be fantastic because telehealth isn't going anywhere. Um, So it's those sorts of things that we want to continue to learn and be on the cutting edge of things and be knowledgeable about new procedures uh, that our providers can be doing or nuances, telehealth, whatever it may be, so that we can help our providers and our facilities or our practices, um, you know, be compliant, like you were saying, CJ, and also make sure that the documentation is supporting the services that are done and that it's, you know, reflecting and it's it's capturing all of the required elements yeah so yes absolutely and we've mentioned him a couple times and i don't know if we defined it but it's health information management right mm-hmm. yeah yes there's a lot of programs out there and and those types of programs um are usually what they're either two or four year type of programs mm-hmm. yeah Yes, yes. So the two-year program is actually one that I went through. Um, You then, once you complete that, then you are RHIT eligible. So Registered Health Information Technologist, um, RHIT eligible. So you can then go sit for your exam. Um, They have sites that you sign up and you have to pay and send in your transcripts and you have to be eligible, you know, to take that. 
And then for the RHIA, that's more on the administrative. That's the registered health information administrator. And more on the managerial side, um, a lot of your large hospital systems will have an RHIA on staff and, you know, as the director or the VP of health information management. And that is really what that degree is, you know, intending to do is that you can, you know, manage that department and so forth and thinking about the statistics that you compile for the state and for the facility and so forth. So lots of that as well. And one of the things that, um, you know, the advantage that we have in this day and age is that a lot of these programs would be online um, too. Yes. So I know when I took my, um, my RHIT, some of it was online, some of it was, um, which was really cutting edge back in the day, because exactly. I think I, <laughs> I graduated in like 1999. So that was, that was very cutting edge for them. And they also had satellites where they um, broadcast it to three or four different sites in Nebraska. So it was really cool. And I think it was hooked up through the University of Lincoln. But there's so many different programs around the country, and many, many of them are going to be online. Um, Make sure that I always encourage folks to make sure it it is that it is an accredited program, meaning that you will um, be able to sit for the RHIT or RHIA at the end. And you can always add that on, um, you know, and just keep adding on. As I I tell folks, add on the um, alphabet soup to your name and really expand your knowledge and show your proficiency. And that really does give you credibility as well. When you're talking to um, professionals, you're talking to providers, you're talking to other coders, that really will get you that hopefully get you that respect, but definitely the credibility that you've taken the time too that you've invested in these programs too. Yeah. And, you know, and um, one other thing I was thinking of, so it's, it's, you kind of need to decide, do you want to kind of go a very formal kind of accredited route like you're talking about? And that's Mm -hmm. appropriate in some circumstances. There may be some people too, who don't want to do that kind of commitment, but they still want to, there's a lot of people out there who are like self-learners. Yes. They just want the information. One thing, and I don't know if you're familiar with this, and there's a bunch of them out there, but there's um, what are known as uh, massively open or massively yeah, open online courses where universities will post their content from their courses. You might not get university credit for it. Uh, one such organization is called Coursera. Um, and like if you're interested, let's just say you're interested in neuroscience and you wanted to learn about it. Um, they have, you know, 12 week courses and you can take it like MIT or University of Michigan or Yale. They'll put out their course content and you can kind of at a semi self-directed pace, you can listen to the lectures, you can learn that information. You can even you can do it completely free, but you can also, I think, pay a little bit of money. I don't know. It's like $50 and you can get like a certificate at the end saying I completed this course. And so, and those are online and um, they're very flexible. If you're busy, you know, like you were saying, you had a six month old and had children and working full time and you're just trying to fit learning in wherever you have time. Um, 
Have you ever used any of those courses or heard of those types of things? You know, I haven't, CJ, but when you mentioned um, part of it, um, and so this is new to me, which is exciting. I'd love to learn, too. Um, I think my husband did. He's in education, and I think he might have used one of these, like, even during the pandemic, right. you know, because they were also trying to kind of stand up within the school district, some of the new programs and so forth. And, like, he does coding when we think about coding robots and so. So, yes. So I think that name sounded very familiar um, when you mentioned it. So, yeah, it's called Coursera. Coursera. Um, And um, there's a bunch of others. I'm I'm just blanking on the other names. Um, I do some work in higher education. And one of the big movements is called Open Educational Resources. There's just this groundswell of feeling in education that why if this information is available, why can't it just be available to people if they want to learn it? And Mm -hmm. so what open educational resources are is they're they're published under what's called the Creative Commons license, which allows you to basically, as long as you give attribution, you can you, you can tweak the work, you can you know redo it, you can it, you're just giving attribution of where the foundational work came from. But all sorts of universities are publishing like anatomy books that are just open. They're open resources. You don't have to pay for them. You just download them online. So there's a lot of. So the reason I'm kind of going through this is for our listeners. Some of you out there like the formal kind of formal path accredited and that's great um and some might not be at that place where they want to do that they just want to learn from these other uh resources so there's so many great resources out there those are great cj and i'm going to go look those up that's fantastic yeah, they're fun i i was taking um i, I started one on evolution because i wanted just to freshen up on my evolution just you know i intellectually curious sometimes on different things. It's a lot of fun. Well, well, Sandy, we're getting a little bit closer to the end of our time here. I want it, it, but what did I not ask you? Or is there something that you want to talk about or say um, kind of in this, this general area that we've been talking about that, that I didn't bring up? Yes. One of the things too, CJ, and I think I got so excited about just talking about some of the programs and such, I may have failed to mention, um, and I've seen this topic a lot recently out on the AAPC Facebook page too, of thinking about well, doggone it, I got my CPC, or I'm very new to this, I I can't find a job, I don't know how to get my foot in the door. And one of the things that I know some of the other instructors have been sharing, and I tell my students, and I, I have been for years, of get your foot in the door any way you can. Exactly. Um, you may not be able to fit the the job description of a coder right now because you don't have the experience um, or maybe they want you to have more healthcare experience, but get your foot in the door as a receptionist or as a, a scheduler or anything like that. Right. Because you're going to gain so much information about the facility, about the process, and that truly will help you. It may sound silly, but it truly does help you to be able to think about, okay, I know that when patients present, this is how they present. This is how we make their medical record, or it's okay. So I'm showing my age with the paper medical record, right? Um, but I, I know that, you know, we check them in. This is how we do things. We have to have the age 
HNP prior to the, the patient having surgery, all of those different elements. And that can really help you to understand then, okay, I'm missing an HNP or I'm missing this or whatever that may be. Um, it also helps you to develop those relationships by getting your foot in the door. And that may be at a small clinic. It could be at a hospital. Um, if you're in the rural areas, you know, look at um, the FQHCs, the federally qualified healthcare centers yes. or a rural health center, an RHC, um, because the sky is the limit. And a lot of times they're having trouble filling those roles and those positions so if you have, for instance, you've gone through your CPC, you have your apprentice and you're you're walking through the practicode and you're trying to get rid of that A, um, but that might be a great way for you to get your foot in the door, show your hard work, show your detail oriented, all of those different elements. And then you can start those conversations and you never know what doors that can open. You know, you are spot on. I When you were talking, I, I think that's so smart. Um, and, and then once you get your foot in the door, be a sponge and soak mm -hmm. everything up. There was, a, um, when I, early on in my career, I worked for a large healthcare system and um, there was a gentleman, a young gentleman who was a security guard. Mm -hmm. And he was at the front desk of the main atrium um, in, a, in a very professional type of office setting. Um, and every morning we would walk in and he was so outgoing and so friendly and so nice. And we happened to be doing a uh, like a training course to get people ready to pass their CPC. And, you know, over the months we had talked to this individual and got to know him a little bit better. And, you know, he was just outgoing and always was like trying to learn. And we said, Hey, I don't know. Are you interested in this course? And, oh yeah. That sounds really fascinating. He took the course. Um, he's outstanding. He became an outstanding coder and leader. And now he's a director of, of um, a large department in a healthcare system. And it's just like, you know, he, he probably didn't take that security officer job thinking he's going to end up in coding, but you know, let, let the, let life direct you a little bit and just be the best person you can be. I, I had a mentor that always said, you interview every day. Yes. So what she meant by that was, you know, some, a job opens up and this person you've known for three years, all of a sudden pulls out his shirt and tie and comes to the interview. It's like, mm -hmm you don't dress like that. I've seen you for the last three years. You don't do that. And so what she meant by that is every day of your life, you're interviewing, you're demonstrating to people, your work ethic, your attitude, your positivity, your, um, you know, your learning desire, those sorts of things. And so um, when you were talking that that's what kind of came to my mind. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love that story, CJ. Um, and it's so cool when you see people who you never would have thought, okay, you know, like, they'll be a coder, they'll be a coding director. And I love that because I think so often we may be um, down on ourselves. Maybe people have told us, you know, that we can't be this. Well, you know what? You can be this and you can do what you want to do by, you know, following these steps and, and being a sponge and learning yeah. all of these different things. Yeah. It can just spot on Sandy. Yeah. It can be so beneficial to people. Um, I really appreciate you uh, taking some time, Sandy, to to be with us. Um, we, we've kind of come to the end here, um, and I just wanted to to thank you one more time. 
for uh, for being our guest. Absolutely. I am happy to. And it's great. You know, one other quick thing I would say is network, you know, network oh, in this industry yes. and get to know folks, uh, create a LinkedIn and get connected with people because you can learn so much by reading articles and such too. So great yeah, stuff that, out there. That's such a great one. And, uh, you know, as you said that, I'm also thinking conferences as you participate mm-hmm. either virtually in conferences or in person, get to know people, connect with them. Most conferences now have apps where you can, you know, reach out and make connections. And so just like you said, networking and network like you're a sponge and learn like you're a sponge and all the things you said were were spot on. (laughs) Yes, that is so awesome. And this is such a cool industry. I I really, I love what we do. And um, I'm always so excited when new people are joining or we can encourage folks. So thank you again for having me, CJ. Absolutely. And uh, if it's okay, Sandy, I I think, you know, people could find you on LinkedIn. And uh, I know that you've been very active there and um, have been, uh, you know, kind to others. And so uh, I know that you probably would welcome that kind of contact. Absolutely. You know, I feel like people were that way with me. And I can, you know, if we had more time, I could go on and on about people who, whether they knew it or not, and whether it was good or bad, they mentored me. But it's, that's part of it is we all have to give back and and not that we have to, we want to give back and we want to be able to see other people um, progress and get into this industry and learn. And a lot of it is just learning how to navigate through things, network, and learning more about um, the industry. So I I very much welcome it. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And um, it does, you're right. It makes it makes life joyful when you can give back and see others grow. Um, and, and that makes it all worthwhile. Well, Sandy, thank you again. And thank you to our listeners for listening to another episode of Compliance Conversations. Um, We hope that you liked this episode. If you did, please hit the like button and please subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes and um, share with your friends. Um, And uh, thanks again for listening. Until next time, take care. Compliance Conversations is sponsored by Healthicity. Healthicity designs software and services that simplify compliance and auditing challenges that reduce your risk and save you money. Where others see complexity, we see simplicity. For more information, visit healthcity.com.